0: I'm Jack Moylan, and you're listening to Let's Talk Business, a podcast geared towards young professionals served with the side of witty commentary. At Lutz, we rally around the mantra make light, meaning be lighthearted, illuminate solutions, and create energy. We hope this episode will do just that. Let's make the complex simple. Welcome to another episode of Let's Talk Business. Today we are going to be talking about how you can financially prepare for buying a home, and we'll probably get into some specifics of buying a home and, you know, versus renting a home. And today with me is Lutz financial advisor, investment advisor, Nick Hall. Nick, would you mind telling
1: us a little bit about yourself and what you do here at Lutz? Yeah, thanks, Jack. As Jack mentioned, I am an investment advisor at Lutz Financial. We are a part of the overall Lutz umbrella. Primarily, we do financial planning for I network individuals, and we also do retirement planning for small businesses. In addition to investment advisory services, we actually manage money. A little bit of background about myself. I've been in the industry for about 10 years. From Omaha, born and raised. I previously worked at a larger brokerage firm. Went down in Arizona, moved back to Omaha probably about seven years ago. So I've been back in Omaha and left for that amount of time to talk about home buying today, so I'm ready for a question. Well, and, I was, and
0: like we were just talking about before this, my question was, why are we talking to you about buying a home? Not that I don't think
1: you have any good information, but you then let us know you just recently went through the process. Yep. Uh, my wife and I, we bought a home just over a year ago, so 2019, so it's pretty fresh. It's been a weird year rate-wise, so we've already actually refinanced our home as well so we have uh, did you just refinance yeah we just refinanced that be nice well. right yeah but it is you know it's one of those things so we're familiar with our mortgage lender yeah. <laughs> at this point i bet i bet cool
0: well can you just walk us through the process you went through when you started looking at homes i mean when you make the decision so did you rent
1: obviously before yep. you live before you bought your home obviously yep. were you in a house or apartment or yeah, so we, you know, previously I had rented my entire life. I had moved, uh, as younger people do, I had moved right. to quite a few places. Once we got engaged, we had an apartment together, and then we, we lived in an apartment for two years. But, you know, there were considerations. Do we want another apartment? Do we want to rent a house? There's a lot of factors that go into, hey, right. do we want to buy versus rent? Primarily, a lot of it has to do with kind of where you're at in life, and are you trying to build a family? Do you need that much space? There's a lot of other factors that go into when the, the when question as to when you want to dive into. I that. imagine it's not hard to fill up space and <laughs> yeah. buy stuff and just jam it in there. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Right? yeah. So you guys were in an apartment, and you decided you want to buy a home. This was when of twenty nineteen.
1: Yeah, so we started looking, which is common, probably in the spring. So right. that's that's. I would say that's probably if you ask for real estate agents, probably more the most popular time to look. And is it the most popular time to look in, the, time the, time to look in the spring, starts, or is it a good time? You may be able to get better prices if you actually do it maybe in more of the off season. Okay. Off season is any time when it starts getting colder in Nebraska. Some states don't have that, but right. generally, it's a lot slower time period during the winter. For the number of houses that go on the market and the people looking to buy, you might be able to get a little bit better deal in these off times. But it just kind of worked out that we were starting to look in the spring, which with a lot of other people. Right. So generally, people look more in the summer, too, because kids are out of school. They want to move during the summer. So starting that process a few months in advance kind of pegs you to move during the summer it's also warmer which helps I right. don't wanna, some people don't want to move when it's 20 degrees out in february
0: no that sounds terrible yeah <laughs> right
1: moving i think moving itself sucks
0: yeah imagine moving when you're stepping in snow and slosh and nasty yeah that, that would suck what was your first step i mean were you did you guys look for homes did you find
1: a realtor did you you know what was what were the first first couple things you did yeah, so naturally it worked out well for us. My cousin's a realtor. He also builds homes, so it was helpful to have him. Mm-hmm. I would say having a realtor that's that understands all parts of the house is helpful. You know, he pointed out things that we wouldn't have looked at. Right. But just to take a step back, in today's environment, it's such a competitive landscape right now in Omaha and a lot of cities, mm-hmm. meaning that there's there's just not a lot of inventory, there's not a lot of houses on the market. Right. Those that go on the market that are reasonably priced, that are in good condition, that people are looking for it, those tend to go pretty quickly. We have a lot of offers on them. So one of the things that he actually recommended to us, to begin with is to get a pre-approval letter. What a pre-approval letter is, is basically working with, and it doesn't have to be the ultimate lending company or bank that you're using, but it's just getting, a, it, it's, it could be a one page that says, hey, Nick and Kylie have assets, that will allow them to be approved for X amount of house. Got it. You can go to a banker, like you said. It doesn't have to be where you end up getting taking the lent money from, but it's helpful oftentimes if you have a relationship with <laughs> okay. the, if your bank, whatever bank that you have your deposit accounts at. Right. They generally will be a good place to start. Or if you've got somebody that's a mortgage lender, a friend that works at another bank. Sure. That's typically that's who we went through. Is one of one of my friends. Uh, He was able to just get us a pre-approval letter. And and why I say that is when you're looking at houses in today's environment, especially when it's so competitive, if, if the house goes on the market, there's probably 10, if it's a good house, there's dozens of people that may be looking at it in that first day or two. It's just, right. it's so competitive. So if you have to wait on getting a pre-approval letter, they're just going to go to the next person in line. And I'm sure not only is this
0: saving you time, getting you a good spot in line, it gives you a good idea of the kind of house you can afford. Yes. Right? Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point.
1: Finance is definitely playing into this. So there's an old rule of thumb that basically says, I, I'm going to use examples here. Mm-hmm. Let's just assume that your net income an annual basis is sixty thousand, so that's five thousand a month. Mm-hmm. The old rule of thumb is that in order to be able to afford a house, you, you should have you shouldn't pay more from a mortgage, from property taxes, insurance than twenty eight percent, or roughly called thirty percent of your net income on a monthly basis. So, in our example, if your net income is five thousand a month, you're looking at about fifteen hundred that you can afford realistically that's that's not a set in stone but that's that's kind of the old rule of thumb
2: now if you have a spouse that has income you know times it, it's the same amount of income times it times two right so you're looking at about mm-hmm. three thousand but there's other factors with a house that come into play obviously I and mean, we may talk about these
1: but it's you have got utilities right i mentioned this a little bit you have property taxes you've got if you have hoa fees Insurance on your mortgage, insurance. If you don't have a 20% down payment. Correct. Right? Prime, uh, PMI. Uh, okay. Yeah, that, that's one. PMI is primary mortgage insurance. Okay. And you're right. You basically have to pay, it's not a huge amount, but it is, it could be up to, you know, it could be $100 or so more a month for a $300,000 house. Got it. That you're paying in mortgage insurance. And basically, that's just to protect the lender. Right. You're paying a little bit more once you get to. At least twenty percent of value in the home. So, for example, you had a three hundred thousand dollars house. If you had twenty percent, sixty thousand. If you had sixty thousand dollars of equity in that, right? You could call the mortgage lender and say, "Hey, I I can get this PMI taken." Got it. A lot of times, people don't. I was going to say that's one thing (laughs) I didn't know because I hear people say all the time, "You got to put twenty percent
0: down. You got to put it down so you don't have to pay PMI." Yeah. A, I didn't realize it was a. You think around 100 bucks a month?
1: That example, a $300,000 mortgage, right. it be, it's probably about $100 a month. Yeah. So, and, but that doesn't sound as bad as people make it sound. No, but the other part of this, the lenders, they're not going to voluntarily, a lot of times they're not going to voluntarily take it off. Right. So if, you, if you've noticed, hey, my value of my home's gone up or I've paid enough down on the mortgage where I think I've got... Twenty mm-hmm. percent of equity and, and the value of the home, you can be proactive and call your lender sure. and have them take PMI off. But that PMI isn't like it's
0: going to your principal or anything. No, it's just over the top on no. top of
1: it, yeah. going straight to the you know their pocket. Yeah, and the old rule of thumb, like if, you, if we go back, you know, forty or fifty years, banks would even allow you to get a mortgage unless you had that the old twenty percent, a lot yeah. of times even more, twenty five. 30% down. You couldn't even get them. No, there's there's definitely there's different options. Now there's there's several options that allow you to put less down. Right. But on the flip side, if you put less down, your monthly payments gonna be higher. Right. Generally that that makes sense. Right. You have a higher mortgage that you're actually taking out or you're borrowing from a bank. Mm-hmm. And conversely, the interest is on a higher rate. So you know, your interests are gonna be higher as well. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, absolutely. So so pre approval letter key. Pre-approval letter is big in today's environment. to start off sort of rounding this back to your original question. How do we start? So we knew we were we knew kind of the timing of when we wanted to move. I'm writing these notes down by the way as we talk because probably gonna start
0: looking for a house here in the next
1: you know year or two. Yeah. Sometime, who knows? So the process itself, it can be a long process of actually trying, especially right now with right. how competitive it is. I would tell people not to get discouraged if you Find a house and you get bid out or outbid, or don't fall in love with the first <laughs> yeah. one you see, is what you're saying? <laughs> Not necessarily, sometimes right. it works, but right. uh, you may have to look at a ton of. Them. I mean, I think personally, we looked at probably 10 houses, places like New York or California yes. or other places. You may look at several dozen houses before you actually wow. find one that works out. So I guess to start, if you find a house and let's just say you've gotten that free approval letter. Real quick, let's go back to yep. finding that house
0: though. I mean, if you find that house on your own, whether you go on, you know, Zillow or whatever, yep. whatever service you use to find houses out in the market, do you have any thoughts on is that when you should have, you know, try and build a relationship with the realtor? Should you have already done that? Or do you not feel like it's necessary with the access we have to so many services?
1: I would tell you, you know, some people have different opinions on this. I think it's helpful, especially if you're not, if you don't have the time to do that during the day. Right. The realtors are helpful from a buying standpoint because right. you know they have access to MLA listings. They have Berkshire, a huge real estate company in Omaha. Right. They've got other agents saying, "Hey, we've got, I've got somebody." That I've worked with in the past. That's thinking about buying. their they're putting their house on the market to sell. We have got a neighbor down the street. They're constantly sending information, right. and, and in essence, it's a big forum for them to get information. Maybe even before before it, it hits before Zillow. it hits Zillow or before it actually goes on, right. uh, on on the listing itself. They're doing they're doing some looking, some shopping. I'm sure they're doing some communication yeah. for you. Yeah, that, that definitely. I think they get. There's oftentimes that houses may never even go on the market because that match up a buyer and a seller before it hits the right. market. Right. So in that sense, I think it's probably helpful to have a, an agent. From that perspective
0: then, I mean, you know, obviously I understand how if you're selling a home and you have a real, you know, real estate agent, you know, there's a percentage that they receive from the sale price or that they have as a fee as a buyer. Then when you engage with a realtor, are, are you paying them to help you out? Or is
1: it based on maybe you have a relationship with them? I mean, yeah, uh, this is a good question. Generally, real estate, commissions or fees are roughly about 5 to 6% of the value of the home. Right. It depends on who you ask. I think it's, and when I say that, so when you, let's just assume that you bought a $300,000 home. So if we take 6% of that, you know, that 6% is 18000 It's Typically it's that commission is split between the buyer agent and the seller agent. It comes off on the ledger, off of the seller. Okay. because they're the one that's receiving the money. It comes off of their side, I mean, and they I, throw it on top of the value. Of the that's home. exactly right. Oh, so so right. they're going to yeah. generally price the home, right? To understand that, including the buyer and seller, uh, that there's a six percent commission coming in. So, what, in my view, the, the buyer is actually paying that.
0: Which uh, then, though, I've heard that's where you can negotiate. Hey, the commission for the realtor. Let's get rid of that, or,
1: or I guess. Th- Borrow more money. I don't know. I've heard so many different things. I would tell you right now the environment that we're in. It's definitely more of a seller's market. Okay. Like I said before, because it's so competitive, right? You're probably not going to get a lot of concessions as a buyer from the seller because they may have other offers on the table, and it'd be like, okay, Jack, thanks, but oh, thanks, I'll go and yeah. uh take a look at Brooks' off. So, like I you're a c unit there. that you want in this
0: in order to buy it that you want me to throw in never mind i've got plenty of other people yeah
1: yeah that's just given <clears throat> the environment we're in right now right. It, it, it would be the opposite if, if we're in an environment where there's a ton of houses on the market right and there's not as many buyers for those houses and these houses are sitting longer i think i read something that in the world era i don't know if it was. Three to six months ago or so, but it, it basically said that Omaha, the largest metros across the country, Omaha has the shortest amount of time that houses on average are sitting on the market. Really? That's just because there's not a lot of inventory available. Right. So, but going to the commissions, yeah, I, I think that you may see it come off the, the ledger on the, the seller's side, but they generally will price that into the, right. the value that they list the home. So in reality, I think the buyer is actually paying that for you. Sure, sure. Which you're in turn borrowing and then
0: paying it over 30 years. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah, know? yeah. Okay. So pre-approval letter, relationship with the realtor, good idea, helpful in, in certain situations. I mean, if you're someone that's, you'd also be fine to use a free service, right? I mean, if you end up, yeah, you can. You they, find a house you like, and yeah,
1: yeah, you can certainly use a Zillow, or right. you can look on 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 Berkshire, or Better Homes and Gardens, or any right. real estate. MP Dodge. You can look at any real estate site. You, like I said, you may be missing out on some of the early opportunities. Working with somebody that's a friend, a family friend, a lot of times that that's where people start. Right. They have, they can have somebody that, for example, my cousin sent us. He he hooked our email up to the MLA listing. So when one came available, that was in our kind of our our price range what we were looking at from an area standpoint it would just ping us and would send us an email of this listing we that's awesome yeah which is which is really helpful because yeah yeah, because real estate agents have to
0: pay for mla
1: yes and a lot of and all those big
0: companies right yeah right so pre-approval letter realtor you know zillow whatever you want to go with you find a house you like it you want to you want to go through the process now yeah
1: going back yeah just to go back to the, right. the affordability side of the sure sense. so i said like i mentioned so you, you got an idea of what your number is based on your net income if you want to use that 28 percent rule i think that's a good rule of thumb of your, uh, income. Of, your of your gross income right Yep. Yeah. right and, and obviously less than that's better it's more affordable you have money to spend on other things right yeah um, that's not yeah. that's not a low threshold like you have to hit that i mean.
0: Find a house and live even more within your means. But there's there's a lot of really helpful
1: calculators out there anymore. The mortgage calculators that I, I would tell you to play around with. It mm-hmm. can give you an idea of what you know. Hey, the value of this home is X. I put X amount down. Let's say it's twenty percent, three hundred thousand dollars house. That's that's sixty thousand. Right. So you have a two hundred forty thousand dollars mortgage. Right. If you, if you have a thirty year a loan, so it will take it. Basically, it's gonna it's gonna give you an estimate on the monthly payment that you would have for just the mortgage. Mm-hmm. Now you have other expenses on top of that, like you, like you said, you have homeowners insurance, and then you've got property taxes. Most times, people that that have a mortgage, they actually they escrow, okay. Which what that all that means is that you're paying, you're taking a property taxes, and it's getting wrapped up into your one payment. So you're not making property tax payments semi-annually to sure, the state. sure. And so it's, they just, they divide it by 12. And Nebraska is a high property tax state. I would say relatively, it can often be roughly two to 3%, depending on where you live in Omaha, really? especially Omaha, really? two to 3% of the value of your home can be your property taxes. So our example, the $300,000 home, you very well may be paying six to $9,000 in property taxes. Depending on where you live. a year yeah, annually annually where you live, so the six thousand over twelve months is five hundred dollars extra a month. Right. That's that's one that gets people that's a lot of money. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's no, one that gets people not... in Nebraska. So it's a it's a big consideration. Yeah, there's there's certainly there's pockets that are not as expensive. That's
0: another thing that may have you uh, drive you to look for
1: you know something a little bit more affordable. Yeah. Yeah, you you've got you got a fact. Energy. Yeah, you've got a factor the property taxes, the insurance side of things. In this example, on a house that size, it could be, it very well be around two thousand a month for the homeowners insurance, or, or two thousand a year. Sorry, okay. two thousand a year. I was so, yeah, say, wait a minute. Uh, I, uh, no, I mispoke there. Yeah. So, yeah, it could be, it could easily be one hundred seventy-five to two hundred dollars a month, on, and, and in addition to your property taxes, right. plus your your mortgage amount, right? But no, those are all considerations when you're when you're looking, and, and I, I think there's a ton of products out there that have these mortgage calculators that you can get a good good feel with those numbers I just gave you. You can say, hey, I'm buying X, looking for X house. This is roughly what I have to pay on property taxes and insurance. Is there those financial questions or,
0: or expenses on top of that? I mean, typically that's stuff that a real estate agent will still help you with, right?
1: Yeah, yep, yeah. they'll help you. you know, a lot of all of those guys have or gals have calculators on their websites that was very pc of you guys and gals yeah Yeah. all of the agents all the agents yes all the agents have different calculators on their websites and things sure sure
0: so let's go back to the process then you know you've found a house you've got a pre-approval letter you know it makes sense financially for you is that when you you know however that could that could only take if you have a pre-approval letter you find a house that works within your means you could reach out that day
1: yeah right i mean the communication of with the homeowner or their
0: real estate agent
1: what happens then i would tell you the, more the quicker you act the better so yeah. you may have to be a little bit nimble in this yeah. process right. our house that we bought a uh, year ago it was on the market for one day uh, And there was probably 12 to 15 people uh, that, oh, that had looked at it Were you just first in line we were one of the first that looked okay. at it. They wanted. To, we got lucky that they wanted to sell it to. They moved in when they were a younger family. We oh, had we had know. our yeah. six month old daughter with us, so that probably hurt. Yeah. <laughs> Pull up in the van and yeah. <laughs> you got the car yeah. seat. We don't have a van yet, no. <laughs> we might not ever have a van. But, <laughs> but, but that's besides the point. I just watched the movie
0: Hall Pass the other night. Have you have you seen that? Yeah, I have. Seen when that. Jason Statham he's explaining, he's like. No one wants to see some young guy pull up in, you know, like a Camaro or something. So, I got a minivan. I don't have any kids, but it's what it says about me. I'm a yeah. family man. Yeah. <laughs>
1: that is going on the list for sure yeah. for, for advice. Yeah, uh, no, that's, uh, that that definitely helped us, I think. Right. But, no, there was 12 to 15 people that looked at it that day. So, you know, if it's a nice house that's affordable, that's in a good price range, Right, that's usually the ones that you see sitting on the market. Mm-hmm. Right now, or ones that are probably overpriced, or there's materially something wrong with it. No. Right, sometimes that's not the case, you may get you it gets lucky, it may be just a bad time, but no, generally, you're gonna have to make it. That's why having a pre approval letter in advance really helps because, hey, I'm ready to go, I have the ability to lock and load. And when you when we decided that we will, that this was a house, we had looked at a dozen other ones. How
0: did up. you so? did you see that the house that you're in now did, did you get an email from the MLA listing thing or were you on Zillow or did your real estate agent call you it was kind of work for you it was kind of all of the
1: above we we saw it that morning on Zillow' the first day they were actually doing it for sale by owner okay so they didn't have a seller's agent right so if it, it hit Zillow and the, 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 our agent reached out to us we, it was kind of simultaneously honestly Interesting. but that when we decided that hey this is something that we want to pursue and go forward with make an offer on our agent wrote up an offer letter that night oh really and,
0: and had you already talked to the the homeowner said hey we'd like to give you know make an offer yeah we so we, we or did said, you hey, wait to have your offer made and then talk to them yeah well that's that's
1: how really kind of how it works okay. they didn't accept our first offer which is pretty common right and, and that we offered a little bit under right but like I said they, they were kind of weighing other offers so they said, "Hey, because I think this helps the family, but and we'd like to potentially sell it to you. This is our counter offer. Right, and we ultimately landed on something closer to their original right. amount, but we we didn't offer a ton under. And I think that anymore, you're you're probably not going to. Depends on the size of the house. Definitely, as you get up in value, uh, home values, you may still have the ability a to, more room. yeah, right. to, to negotiate on anything. In my experience, under. 300,000 in Omaha, uh, you're, it's pretty competitive right. in terms of the amount of people looking to buy. As you get over the 300,000, 350,000 and up, those houses tend to sit on the market a little bit longer. There's just not as many people that can afford those houses. So right. there's not as many buyer, uh, buyers for those houses.
0: Well, and I mean, just go, working backwards, then the fact that
1: there's pro- there's more
0: houses on the market for less than $300,000 there's more opportunity for, for everyone to be dialed in on the value of the house. So they're probably not really overshooting their value by their first offer. And that makes plenty of sense. So you got
1: an offer letter drafted that night. They declined your first offer. They countered, yeah. countered. And then we, we ultimately countered back and we, we landed on a, a price. And right. That whole process itself probably took uh, you know a day or two but they they wanted it's one of those things they they were moving out of state they had a time frame of when they wanted to move so it, the overall process from when we decided to make an offer the closing depending on and it just depends on the time closing it typically is a six to forty-five 45 to 60 day process okay it depends if you come with cash you can close earlier right many people don't
0: have cash uh, especially younger people don't have cash offers so those typically take a little so longer. you made your offer before you were i mean you had your pre-approval letter yes. but
1: you didn't lock in with where you were going to get your mortgage correct correct yeah so we so basically at that point we made an offer and then we have, and then we go and we started working with mortgage lenders. This, we were just approved. This offer was just approved. This is what we're looking to do. Uh-huh. And so you, you kind of indicate this is the type, this is the level of mortgage that we're, we're looking to, this we're going to put down. This is what we're looking at. There's several different types of loans that are offered. The most common is fixed which what that just means is it's a fixed interest rate over the life of the loan. Right. The most common type of fixed <coughs> mortgage loans are 15 and 30 year. Mm-hmm. If we're talking about a 30 year loan, you're spreading that payment out over a longer period of time. So your payment's less. Right. If you have a 15 year loan, which is 180 months, basically it shortens the, the amount of time. So your monthly payments can be larger. Right. However, because the bank isn't stretching that that risk out over 30 years versus 15, you generally will see a pretty decent spread between the 15-year mortgages and 30-year mortgages. And, for example, right now I, I work with a lot of clients with home buying and things like that right, right. <laughs> on the wealth benefit side. So I can tell you, especially with refinancing, I can tell you the 15-year note right now is right around 2.5, 26 um, and that changes; it can change quickly. So that's this is. I, I might date stamp this. This is June 17. Right. <laughs> Could change quite a bit in two or two or three weeks, even just depending on the environment. But the thirty-year notes are probably closer to three point one two five to three point two five right now. So there's that's about up. a you know point seven five point six spread there between a fifteen-year Fixed loan and a thirty-year fixed loan. Right. There's other types of loans that you can get, and this goes back to working with your mortgage lender and deciding what one makes sense. Yeah, no, but this goes back to you know deciding what type of when you're working with your mortgage lender, what type of loan makes sense. There are, I I probably wouldn't recommend for people variable rates. Okay. You're you're subject to a lot (laughs) of those are those are floating if rates go up. You know, there's there's risk there as a borrower that right. rates could go up, and now my, what would start as a, they may even give you a a teaser rate where they say, hey, I'll give you a 2% rate right now because the rates are so low, but uh, if it's a variable rate or it's tied to prime, this could go up with rates, and you may, five years from now, you may be paying 5%. So a fixed note is more common because you're locking in a a, a rate there, Mm -hmm. and you know exactly what you're going to be paying each month. So people like that. You would think that would be a safer product for banks to offer,
0: right? I mean, just based on obviously anyone could get sucked into a variable rate loan, but based on who you're going to attract to a fixed rate loan, that's probably why they can lock that in. Yep,
1: and and there's other ones. There's other options out there. One that you (coughs) may hear is you may hear a five year arm Mm -hmm. and or a three year arm. And what that means is for for a five year arm, it's a fixed rate. Oftentimes, it's lower than just your, your normal fixed rates because at the back end, that arm piece, that's the, the piece that catches people. That means it's an adjustable rate mortgage after five years. Got so it. Jack buys a house in June of 2020. June, July of 2025 comes around. His 2.5% that he or 2.2% that he locked in in June of 2020, right. now is subject to whatever the rates are in that, that environment in July of 2020. So that it'll make up for if it was a variable rate <laughs> yeah. that whole time, yeah. and changing and now it's they're going to spike that up. Now, if it's something I'm kind of torn with this, you know, a lot of times people may buy a house that they, they don't expect to be in for more than five years, right? You may try to do a five-year arm rates are so low anymore that i'd probably tell you that maybe just do a a fixed rate
0: i'm sure that well and i was just thinking myself to myself why would anyone do a variable why would anyone do you know a five-year arm whatever there's plenty of situations where people work you know work for companies or in situations where they know they're going to be moved Moved, right so i'm sure that's a good option at that point Yep. can you refinance from an uh, like a five year ARM or variable rate to a fixed rate, or is that from day one? Yeah, you can refinance
1: to that. Yeah, you and change the terms. The, and, yeah, you can change the terms. A lot of times, people wouldn't go that way unless unless they knew the, they're going to stay in the house and the ARM's right. coming up, and because typically you're actually paying a higher rate just with the conventional fixed loan. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. But you may you
0: may easily except that if you know that the arm is going to be higher than what the fixed rate is right now. Yep. Yep. Okay. So, I mean, that's a whole nother topic is, you know, being approved for a loan, but you've already, so you're in the process, find a banker. Did you look around and and
1: shop around, I guess, for, for loans as much as you looked around for houses? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. Personally, I bank at Wells Fargo. Mm -hmm. They have a big mortgage department. You know, they did offer depending on the, your banking relationship, they, your bank may offer a little bit of a interest rate credit or a lower a slightly lower rate right. because they know you have you've had a long standing banking relationship with them. Right. I can tell you the big banks, the, the US banks, the Wells Fargo, so they all have mortgage or mortgage departments on their right. lending. There are local banks too that oftentimes may be competitive just as competitive. Right. So I think that's a really important part of this is hey don't
0: just go with the first choice. I would definitely shop around. Because and- you have 45 to 60 days to close. Yes. So, yeah. you know, depending upon how much time do you think you have? Because all I, my, me personally, all I have experience with is a car loan. Yeah. And I was able to take, you know, my initial loan from, where I bought the car and shop that for like three days like three days of grace period. Yep Is that how's that work with
1: the homeownership? Is that maybe negotiated with the homeowner? Yeah it dep- Sometimes it depends on the, the closing sometimes people can't they're not moving it for 90 days right. and You may have a longer closing window sure than normal So it really does kind of depend on the buyer and the seller if, if you have a seller that wants to get out of there, but the buyer can't move in today's environment, this goes back to the seller has a lot of the leverage. You may be paying rent at your old place plus wow, the first yeah, okay. plus the first month's mortgage payment. Sure, because they, they wanted to get out at a certain time. Does that make sense? Yeah, but no, that goes goes back to I, I think that's what an important piece of this. I shop around. Mm-hmm. It is a lot different than it was ten years ago with the oh eight oh nine housing crisis. Right, these rules <clears throat> for lending. The banks that, that lend they're much more stringent so it may seem really invasive on what they're asking you. <laughs> they're going to ask for you they're, they're likely going to ask you for your last two tax returns they're going to ask you for your most recent pay stuff for you and your spouse right they're going to ask for banking statements for the last brokerage statements they're going to ask for pretty much oh, everything. Right. So you're going to, that's part of this. It's going to, if you're not organized with that, you're going to want to be organized. Be prepared, have be your stuff. Nowhere, know where all that anymore, it's pretty easy because you have online access that right. you can pull that stuff up pretty pretty readily. Right. But It's like showing up to the DMV without two forms yeah. of <laughs> proof of residence. <laughs> yeah. you like, I got to turn around
0: now. Yeah, no,
1: it is. It's uh, the bank's going to want a lot. And like I said, it, it may feel invasive. It's like, sure. Why do they why do they need this? Right. And or for example, we had we had part of our assets that we we're gonna to put towards the town payment at TD Ameritrade. Mm-hmm. It was in a money market or low risk account. Right. We had moved it to a bank account in advance of the closing. And the because the accounts had different they wanted but to see the statement. Yeah. They wanted to see the actual in between the statement, they wanted to see our like a snapshot of the of of the online record that says hey this money moves from TD Ameritrade to Wells Fargo, right? And that's that's why this value is much less than TD Ameritrade. So it's it's really yeah. it seems invasive, but they they're kind of held to a much higher standard than they were 15 years ago because of the mortgage crisis, and the lending of the crisis. Economy crashing. Yeah, <laughs> and a lot of that was due to right. bad mortgage lending practices, time lending. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. So that part of it is uh, shopping around and also having your ducks in a row is important.
0: So when you're shopping, I mean, uh, and this is, and I can't remember, uh, I may butcher this thought or whatever that, you know, I'm about to say, but there's obviously there's closing costs, right? And is that a fee that the homeowner typically asks for to close the home? And if that is, I have seen, can you negotiate to have that added to the value of the home so you can
1: borrow that? Yeah, you can. There's going to be an amount that's due at closing. Okay. So, and the bank, and this is part of the shopping around process. Not related to your down payment,
0: your PMI, your but no. property tax, another thing that yeah, you keep in yeah, mind. Yeah, not related to the price of the
1: home at all. Basically, really? there's going to be a loan origination fees depending on what bank you're working with. Oh, so it's from the bank, though. Your closing costs yeah. are from the bank. Yes, yep. The, the closing costs are actually through the banks. So you've okay. got, you're going to have an appraisal that you're, okay. They're going to gonna appraise the property. And I, I tell people this. You're, some people don't want inspections. I think it's pretty important to have an inspection. Anymore, this goes back to the leverage from the seller. Sure. They, they may say, hey, somebody else is putting an offer without an inspection. I think that's pretty risky. Right. The inspection will tell you a lot. Mm-hmm. If anything, that's a point to negotiate as a buyer and seller that says, hey, the inspection came back with these 20 things, uh-huh. some of the things are minor, I'm just going to let it go, but this thing seems sort of major, like, hey, we may need a, a railing for, for all these steps leading up to the house. Right. Uh, this railing's rotting away and it's going to break or right. something like that, that, or something that could be more, uh, even more important. Right. There's other things like, hey, this latch on the
0: window doesn't quite Sticks. It doesn't quite work as it should. Or something structural, and you say, "Ah, "Actually, I'm out of here."
1: Yeah, (laughs) uh, structural is a big one. So I I think it's so you'll have an inspection. You're gonna you're gonna want to pay. You're gonna pay the inspection as a. How much does an
0: inspection normally?
1: I think I want to say we paid about five hundred, four to five hundred, depending on. So another five hundred, another half. And that that inspection fee is is part of your your. I would call it your buying fee. So mm-hmm. the, the application, the appraisal, the law origination fee, all those are fees that go into the underwriting costs right. that go into this. In a real-life example, you could be looking at seven to $8,000 and closing on that, That going back to your $300,000 example. Right. It's, a, it's a sizable amount. Right. You can lump that into, most of the time, they're going to make you have some of those, those costs I just mentioned gonna to have to are due at closing. Right. So that's gonna be on top of your down payment. Mm-hmm. So in our in our example, if you put the 20% down on your three hundred thousand dollar house, you have the sixty thousand plus maybe another you call it seven, eight grand, right. depending on the loan of additional closing costs that are due at closing. Right. Um so that that's definitely a consideration. Right. Because these are these are yeah the banks don't work for free. No, right,
0: exactly. <laughs> so closing costs but then you mentioned you can take maybe maybe a portion of that can
1: be some of the portion may be rolled in so you may ask just for a larger loan okay it works kind of the same way it it really just depends on yeah the bank so it would it would In, in essence what you're doing there is you're taking away from your down payment right and you're just rolling it in but in order to avoid that pmi if that's your goal, that twenty percent down. If you're twenty percent down, you know that that's additive. Added. Right. So you're you're probably going to need twenty percent down plus whatever cost you include yep. if you want
0: to roll it into your loan. Yeah. And I'm sure there's a certain level of accuracy to the appraisal. Yep. That they're like, well, we can't roll all of this into it because then yeah, the appraisal. Yeah, that's going to be that's five percent greater than what we thought it was or whatever. Yep. Yep. Interesting. So. Closing costs. you get like a lot of costs. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I guess, you know, you're buying a home, so it's really all costs. But yeah. then, I mean, you've got an asset that's going to appreciate. You. Yeah. Finally. Yeah. Anything anything you've ever owned up to that point, probably depreciated, yeah. <laughs> Right? Yeah,
1: and that's that's a good point. In addition, we're talking costs. Just as along that line, there's moving costs, too. I mean, that, that's that's definitely one. If you have friends and family that can help you move, you can save on some of that. But you're probably going to have to, to get a truck at least at the bare minimum or right. you pay a moving company. Those are, those are considerations. You may be fortunate enough if you're moving because of a job where your company's paying for moving costs. That's, that's a bonus obviously. Right. But there's, there's other things in there you're getting, getting, utilities started you may have to OPPD or MUD they may actually ask for a deposit typically you get those back they credit your account but right. you, they may ask for $250 up front. Which I've seen
0: look okay, this is the couple places I've rented but you know if you put down put down an account that it automatically withdraws from I've seen those
1: get waived yeah you know yeah. for utilities. Yeah they, just, they they can sometimes get waived uh, appliances <laughs> is one that I think that people overlook
0: most of the time,
1: I say most of the time, refrigerator, stove, microwaves are built in. A lot of times that stays because people are moving to a place that, that, that it's included in there as right. well. Not all the time, though. You have to be careful. Like the washer and dryer is one that a lot of times people take. Sure, that's not in the kitchen. But you just have to, you have to be cognizant of that when you're putting an offer and you're working with the, with the seller when you're negotiating that that's definitely like i said sellers have more leverage now so right but i'm sure there's plenty of plenty of options out there where they leave yeah. the washer and dryer yeah most most of the, I, i'd say majority of the time they still leave the appliances that's a consideration right. those aren't those are not small dollar items right
0: i the, the house i moved into the, the house i live in right now the our uh, our landlord they're like well, what about you know what about lawn mowing do you guys take care of that he goes. No, no, we don't. There's a lawnmower in the garage, but I don't know if it works, so good luck. Yeah. I'm like, what? We still moved into that home, and it barely still works, you know, but it's, I mean. Yeah, that's a
1: consideration. Going back to the fees and the inspection, a couple of things that I think people overlook a lot of times, and I, I would point this out because we're talking about the overall whole the buying process. Right. Some that I would really give consideration to, everybody notices the paint. Everybody notices the the exterior, the kitchen, the floor. These are easy things to spot out. I would look at things such as, and this is where Greg, our agent who builds homes, is really helpful. Look at the roof. Look at the air conditioner. Look at the hot water heater. These are all huge dollar items. A lot of times, for example, air conditioner, heater, those type of things, those are typically 15 to 20-year products somebody, you're moving into a home, you're buying a home, and all those are 14 years old, there's a very good chance here in the next couple of years where you're going to have to shell out a large sum of money, sure, to, to replace those. The roof, typically a roof is, you know, 20 to 30 years at the most is what it will last. Ours, for example, our house that we bought, there was hail damage five years ago,
0: so the roof's brand new. Which relatively brand new do you typically do they typically provide that homeowners provide that information
1: when you're like hey when was the last time the roof
0: was they yeah, they're
1: required to they are yeah, okay. yeah they're, they're required to provide that so right. but if it's going to be in it's going to be in a statement right on the on the they're not they may not they're not necessarily required to put that on zillow right they don't present yeah. it yeah they, they're not necessarily present but when you actually look at the, the documents on the house got it they're required to indicate that
0: Got it. Interesting. Do you have do you have any any hot button items regarding home ownership? I mean, we could get into, you know, refinancing. And I know that you've had you've refinanced very soon after home ownership, but I feel like those are all things for potentially another time. But do you have anything regarding that first step buying your first home that you wanted to mention?
1: Yeah, I think it's if we look at the overall process. I think understanding your budget is a, is a really big one. Right? So understanding what you can afford is a big one. I, I will t- I, I tell people this a lot of times. Uh, it, it's not necessarily so. Homeownership is it, it's great. You have, it, but it's not. I, I don't view it as a, a as a huge asset from a standpoint of an investable asset. You're, you're constantly putting money into the house. It will eventually. Home uh, property values have appreciated over since time. Right. Uh, they may go down periodically in the short term, but over long periods of time, property values have increased. In Omaha, though, that's you know that has been in the two to three percent. It's been about inflation, mm-hmm. so it hasn't been a huge. It's not a huge home run right. with respect to an investment, whereas, like you know, a, a California in the 70s or 60s, you may have hit a home run or you bought something and during the recession, right? And, and greatly it greatly appreciated. Generally, it's not the case for for homeownership, and you're you are putting money into the house, all right? the you may not necessarily get out of it.
0: Well, that's um, the idea, too. What you think once you buy a home, because I even say this all the time, I, I rent.
1: I'm like, gosh, if I only owned this home, I'd be putting so much more work into it. Yeah, but that's, that's, yeah, this goes back to, hey, Jack, if you're renting a house, you call your landlord and please fix my toilet. Exactly. That's that's their responsibility versus, you know, I'm calling the Burton, Air conditioning and plumbing, or you know, I'm paying two hundred
0: dollars to have them tell me it, that I'm going to need to spend six yeah. grand. In- so it's on it's on you now,
1: right? So that's that's one thing that there's other costs associated with that. So understanding your budget is important, right? I, w- I would know that I would have an on top of your down payment,
0: right? I would want to see somebody have you know two to three months if you're younger, three to six months, maybe even of
1: emergency type savings, right, to withstand a air conditioner going out and having to replace that just because at that point not having to putting it on a credit card or high interest on i think just defeats the purpose so you're going to have to have a decent cushion, right right, is what i want to see because when you're i
0: mean when you're renting the only thing that you need an emergency fund for really is your car or your health yeah right i mean then you start moving to home ownership anything related to the house
1: is on your landlord so, yeah, so it is, a, it's a completely different consideration. There's, there's other factors, you know, understand understanding the budget's a huge one. Know that it's a really competitive environment, so being prepared, Right. Having your guns in a row with respect to knowing where all your finances are, getting a pre-approval letter, having an idea of shopping around with different, and you can shop around before, before you even buy a house on, on different rates. Sure, You can rate shop at different banks to get an idea of who you'd want to use Sure, even before that. Rates have been really variable recently, so know that those can bounce around. We're in a really, really low environment right now from a rate standpoint. Mm-hmm. So it is a, a, a good time. If you if you are looking to, to buy, if you if you have the ability to regarding rate, yeah, regarding but, rate, you know, it's so there's so
0: much inventory out yep. there that, or there there's so much demand and little inventory, right. that
1: little supply that prices might be. More yeah. and okay. that's maybe why some of the, there's there's so many buyers as well, right? Because rates are low sure. right now, so it, that may even be adding to that that demand side of things. But yeah, I, I think the overarching thing is. Be prepared, right. Understand your, your personal financial situation. Know that things don't get discouraged because right. it's it's a process. Uh, don't fall in love with the first thing you see. Maybe not. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it's 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 kind of a way to you're gonna really be making memories in your house. So it is it's also it's, it's different than your your renting experience right. too. So there is some sentimental value Absolutely. To the whole, but it, it's it, it should be a fun you should make it a fun process even though it can be stressful try to try to make it as fun as as it can be
0: right cool well i appreciate your time i think i think we've got a ton of information hopefully people find it interesting or at least helpful you know i certainly did and i took some notes that will come in handy for me otherwise thanks man i appreciate it yeah thanks for having me you bet you've reached the end of another episode of let's talk business Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast on your podcast app, Spotify, or iTunes. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to make light.